Hello and welcome to another episode of A Kick in the Balls with me, Clem Crozier, and with me as always are Kieran Rob. Hello. Good afternoon. So we're just back from the international break and I think there's probably some games we want to talk about that one. If we look first at the home nations, uh, uh, England's have qualified as they always seem to do in pretty good style as well. But you know, even though the, the points have all been on the board, the performances haven't really been all that impressive. A lot of people aren't really that convinced about Southgate, so you want to start with that one? Yeah, well, I don't think there's anything really wrong with Southgate. I mean, he's not doing anything. The, the team don't look any different than they did when Hodgson was in charge or, to a lesser extent, Capello and managers and managers before that. Um, there's been a lot been said recently and in you know years gone by that, that the England team, um, they're afraid. Like They're scared to to make mistakes uh, and therefore they're, everything's so lethargic, you know, We've talked so many times about Everton being pedestrian football. Well, I mean, if Everton are pedestrian football, then this England team, they, they must Standing be... Standing still football. Yeah, snail-paced football. I mean, it was so boring. The highlight of the game against Slovenia was when a paper aeroplane landed on the pitch. That got the biggest cheer up until Kane's goal in the 94th minute. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? Um, And again, you know, they say about the, the players being scared and stuff, and... Um, a journalist was saying that he's he's currently writing a book with Kieran Dyer, and Kieran Dyer has basically suggested that there were players on the bench that would would dread actually being brought on during a game, you know, turning to one another saying, "Oh God, I hope they don't bring me on. I, I, I really I don't want it," you know, because they know that the crowd are going to be on their back because they're not winning or they're not playing well, and that's just that's a horrible thing for. You know, players to be in. I mean, they're never going to improve if they're always terrified of playing. Surely they want to play, right? Well, you'd expect so. Although I have to say, you were saying that England have well, obviously they have. They've topped their group. I think like England were fortunate with their all. They had a, a, quite an easy group. If England had been in a group like say the group Group I, I think it was the Group I with um, Croatia, or was it? Or? And I think there was Denmark, and I, f- I forget the exact group, but uh, there, were, there were some teams in there, and I looked at it and thought. England would struggle to get through that. Yeah, like if England had been even in, say, what well, we talked about the Netherlands not qualifying earlier. Yeah. Like if yeah. they'd been in the Netherlands with position France with and France Sweden. and Sweden, I don't think that they. No, no, absolutely I, not. I don't think that they. Well, they certainly wouldn't have qualified ahead of France. And the way that they've been performing recently, I don't think you'd say that with any confidence that they'd have finished ahead of Sweden. Uh, no. Or if they'd been Sweden, they'd finished ahead of the Netherlands. So. We've talked before about England picking the team largely based on individuals rather than any real shape or tactic and it's really hard to pin down I mean what what is England's footballing philosophy it's very hard to really identify that because it's it's so catering to just shoehorning these you know very talented players that a lot of them are into the team rather than actually trying to build anything with balance yeah I mean the other night against Slovenia Sterling was playing centrally mm-hmm. he's playing as a, a number 10 if you like well he, he hasn't played there all season he's been out on the left and the right for Man City and Fabian Delft's been playing centre midfield when he's been playing wing back for Man City, you know, it's a, yeah. and he's recalled on the grounds of playing wing back, which is you know a bit strange. You do get the feeling that there are certain players who are picked more for the clubs they play for than actually for their actual performances. Well, that's been a recurring thing, mm-hmm. for yeah, a long for time, years and it? years. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. is disappointing. I mean, even in the in the bottom half of the table, there are some decent players who are you know eligible for England. I mean, we almost saw some a Championship player got called up. Steve Bull, maybe, when he played for Wolves, before it was even known as the Championship. That was in the 90s, probably before your time. I remember maybe, probably eight or nine years ago now, there was a goalkeeper for Peterborough 
called up at one stage. Okay. But no, it is very unusual for it. Like, uh, you can understand, like, the best players do play in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I think there is, like, how many great England players have there been? Like, obviously, we look back. But it looks like reputation rather than form is being taken into account a lot more, you know. Uh, players who might be tearing it up for, you know, teams in, in the bottom half don't really get looking, but someone who's really not doing anything of note in, in the, the top six gets preference every time. Well, yeah, I suppose that's true to an extent. Although for the counter arguments due to be that Jack Wilshere's now fit again. He's yeah. not playing regularly for Arsenal, but he is a proven performer in an England shirt, which isn't mm-hmm. true of many of the alternatives. So I think that maybe that would be an option. And certainly the midfield is really, really lacking. It, it looks mean, like the weight like point. Jordan right now, Henderson, yeah. for my money, is not the quality to be starting yeah. for England. Certainly the likes of uh, Jake Livermore, not the quality to be starting for England. So the, it, it's difficult for them because. 10 years ago, it was the golden generation. Now it isn't. They've got a few good players, but really the only player that you say really could be described as world-class, and I wouldn't even go as far as to describe him as world-class, would be Harry Kane. I think sort of, You wouldn't call Harry Kane world-class? I think he's still a wee, wee bit short. but uh, It's hard to say a team he wouldn't get into. Well, that's what I would say. Like, uh, it's a concept, if, if he does it for another couple of years, then yeah. yeah, then yeah. If, if Harry Kane were Spanish or French, he would be getting picked... The rest of the team probably wouldn't. And I think that's the problem for England at the minute, where if you look back, obviously they never won anything, but when they had players like Gerrard and Lampard and Rooney at his best, and Michael Owen and the like, players who were on undisputed, undisputedly world-class players, and obviously they had obviously Ashley Cole, they had Saul Campbell, like just throughout the team, just, uh, great players, and they don't have that at the minute. You almost feel they had the generation again, they'd waste it again, though, because... Oh, yeah, oh definitely, yeah. Without a doubt. I think um, some of the problem as well comes from, um, and this has been said years and years and years, is, you know, when you look at England's younger team, the the, the youth team that that's done really well recently, mm-hmm. how many of those players are currently getting into their club sides? Very few. And mm-hmm. when you Very look few. at uh, the a lot rivals in the likes of Spain yeah. and Germany... Uh, they play a lot more minutes. Uh, yeah. I suppose part of it might be that they have second clubs. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, if you look back to the the Euros when England were put out quite ashamedly by Iceland, Iceland have qualified again. They've topped their group as well. A I mean, more difficult group than England. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it, it makes it makes England not look quite as bad for for that. But it it sort of shows. I mean, how how different the game in national football can be. You know, it's, it's a lot more to do with because those players. Don't have a lot of time together to get to, to really make something. So they've got to pick the team and know their best eleven, know their system, and just you know know that they can throw it together at the last minute and that that can work. Whereas England, you feel you, you don't really know what England's you know eleven's going to be. You don't know what their system's going to be. It's hard. To, we talked about it, it's hard to really identify the philosophy of you know the England national team how they're going to approach a game. It's, it's always a really cagey affair. I think a lot of that comes... There's a lack of a plan. I think a part of it is as well that the England squad is a bit more dispersed. I mean, if you look at, say, the great Spanish squad of sort of a half a dozen years ago that won two Euros and won a World Cup, like, so many of those players all played together for Barcelona. You had Puyol, you had Iniesta, Busquets, Jordi Alba, uh, David, David Villa... Villa. Like, so many of those players were used to playing together. Uh, Jared Piquet as well. Xavi. Xavi. So many of those players were used to playing with each other week in, week out. Similarly, if you look at the Germany side, so many of those players played for Bayern, like sort of Muller, uh, Goetze at the time, obviously, was a Bayern player as well. Uh, Neuer, Boateng. Uh, 
Philip Lam as Philip well. Philip Lam, obviously, was Schweinsteiger for years yeah, was a yeah, yeah. Baron. Whereas, really, the only top club in Britain that has sort of a lot of English players is Tottenham. Uh, if you look at the likes of Arsenal, Chelsea, United, they're they're putting out squads, and you maybe one or two English players on the field. So when they're coming from so many different clubs, yeah. it's it's not good. It's hard for to the, get in the jail. Yeah, it's it's a much bigger ask because they're not used to playing with each other in the way that so many of those players were. In well, the points made about Belgium as well because like, there's a lot of good players from Belgium at the moment, but they'll play all four corners of the you know of, of Europe really. I mean, there's players playing in in France or in England, you know, or, or sometimes in Belgium or Germany, but there aren't many all playing for the one side that get picked for the team. Okay, so then if you look to Scotland. It's been quite odd. Strachan said that he thinks Scotland are genetically... Well, Strachan's gone now. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah he's, he has he's stepped down. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Strachan did say that uh, he thinks Scotland are genetically inferior. I mean, that's, uh, I thought it was quite a bizarre well, statement. Well, he said this because Scotland are one of the smallest teams in terms of their height. Well, I, th- I think he's sort of said it as well because, I mean, he looks like a gnome. It's it's all sounds well and good until you remember th- that Spain side we're talking about oh. were the smallest side in th- the competitions. <laughs> yeah. In their height, I mean, uh, Chile have won uh, past two Copa Americas. Obviously, didn't qualify for this World Cup, but again, won the two Copa Americas. Regarded as a very good side, again, they're actually the smallest uh, side in the world, I believe, on average height or sort of all the sort of. Was was Gordon Strachan not being a little bit sort of facetious when he was saying that? I don't think he was like hundred percent serious. He can't have been. He did seem pretty serious. So I think oh. it's it's making excuses at the end of yeah. the day. Sort of well, when you look at the Scotland squad. You look at the the talent pool they have. It's not as strong no. As, no. as that. You know, I mean, they're picking sides from League One. Yeah, sometime. and the Scottish Quite Premier League, to be one, honest, sorry. if you take uh, Celtic out of the equation, really is about League One level. League One level, yeah. maybe yeah. Yeah. Rangers yeah. and Aberdeen might scrape into the Championship, but you're. Yeah. It's not. It's not not a good league. Right? It's not yeah. a good league. No. But at the same time, you've you've got to look and say, you know, if we look at Iceland, Iceland, who can you name a club from Iceland? I can't think of one off the top of my no, head. No, that's true. But. Uh, yeah, with all, they're still producing a, a level of player that's at least in international football can get the results. Yeah, I mean, you look at Northern Ireland as well. I mean, yeah. their talent pool's not massive, is no, it? No, I mean, and I think there only are about 50 professional footballers eligible to play for Northern Ireland or something, you know, around that kind of ballpark. Yeah, you're figure. probably not far off. So that basically means if you are a professional footballer from Northern Ireland, you've got a 50 chance of <laughs> getting yeah. called up to the is, squad. Is Roy Carroll still knocking about as I the third choice keeper? Yeah, 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 still playing for Linfield, maybe. He's yeah. still playing for Linfield, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I mean, for, for Scotland, I don't see it maybe as much. Doom and gloom is maybe you know I think some of the Scottish fans are well, saying it, it will be doom and gloom if uh, they are David Scottish Mo- if David Moyes takes over because yeah. he's interested in the job. Well, I see Malcolm Mackay has taken over as the interim manager. Mm. So. Oh, has he? Yeah, oh, right. I thought his Ma- career. Malcolm Mackay is uh, not a bad manager. I mean, he had that conduct question. There was a yeah. I thought his career would be pretty much mm-hmm. finished after that. But uh, I mean, as a tactician, he doesn't seem to be a bad man manager, and he's he had some very decent success at club level. Uh, I mean, it's it's not been the worst Scotland performance we've seen in the campaign at all I mean there have been no I mean, they, in this. they very nearly did it like yeah. but at the end of the day they, I think they'll be kicking themselves for yeah. having gone so close I mean well, they led twice everything been going and not going yeah they know? led well at least going to a playoff mm-hmm. like they led twice in that final match and then ended up throwing it away so no, I mean even though it's obviously disappointing for them I mean there have been worse Scotland campaigns in qualifying and that even in my lifetime so oh yeah much worse but I think just the disappointment is when you get that close and then fall away so. uh, there has been talk Sam Allardyce could be taking over I mean, uh, really I've not yeah, seen that I've one. heard that one I, I have heard it but I don't I mean he has the 100% record with England so well, yeah yeah, well, one game yeah, yeah. 
Like, so it'll be interesting to see, I mean, what, what does develop. I mean, we talked about David Moyes. I think we talked last week about how Moyes had chosen his uh, his career moves post-Man United very oddly. I mean, we talked about going to Sociedad's. And that didn't seem like an obvious move for a man bouncing back from a, a sacking that quickly. And then to Sunderland, which is a real death sentence of a job to begin with. I mean, the amount of managers that have been sacked by Sunderland in recent years, it's it's not a safe place to be. Well, it's it's especially bad for, for Moyes there because he's the one that took them down. Mm-hmm. When you think of the people that didn't, I mean, Gus Poyet, he'll never get a job in the Premier League again. Paolo Di Canio, he'll never get a job in the Premier League again unless something amazing happens over yeah. the, you know during his career. Um so for, for Moyes to be the guy that led Sunderland down mm-hmm. with a rather limp kind of season, then, you know, it's it's, it's even worse, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting idea with, with Moyes because on the one hand, they're missing out on one thing he does do, which is kind of bring players on the cheap. He's kind of good at finding quite cheap deals. Players maybe aren't that high profile. Well, he's not going to have to sign anybody. No. It's a national team, isn't it? So he's, he's not going to have that option. You know, he's, he's going to yeah. have to work with the talent pool he's given, which is not the best talent pool right now. But at the same time, uh, we've talked about maybe he can't face being relegated again. If he used to go back to a Premier League club uh, <laughs> mid-season, like maybe pick up a struggling side. I mean, if, say, if, if Swansea come January, need a new manager and they're in the bottom three, Probably not an ideal job for me either because if he gets sacked again, I mean, that's, that's his Premier League career in absolute pieces. Then who would take him after two consecutive sackings, you know, especially with how poor he's been in a couple of jobs before that. But if he if he took over an international side... did it, Actually, did he get sacked from Sunderland or did he leave? He, he left. He, yeah. he left, right, yeah. yeah. But, but I, mean, I mean, he got relegated, so, yeah. you know. The feeling was quite mutual, you imagine. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, it could be... Interesting to see if he if he did take over how he would approach that because, as we said, a lot of what he does is bring in fresh faces, giving quite a good rotation of players coming in, which obviously you can't do. You know, if you want to bring in new players, you've got to you've got to call them up. They've got to be proven themselves. Yeah, I suppose when he's he's one of a few options that are about. I know Alex McLeish has said if they asked him, he would be interested. He's done it twice. Yeah. Um, there's no, there's nothing to say that their manager has to be Scottish. No, 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 no there not. isn't not no, at no, all. Yeah. Um, I I think. When when nations start looking outside of their own management, the same questions get answered or asked, don't they? Why is he going to care? You know, mm-hmm. well, because he's a professional. Yeah. That, that's why. You know, um, but I'd say uh, one one manager, a farm one I've heard actually has been linked with the job is uh, Lars Lagerback. He managed Sweden and uh, Nigeria. I think possibly a stint with Iceland as well. He's currently at Norway, I think, isn't he? he might be at Norway at the moment. Um, he's well, he's taken sides to World Cups before, so I mean kind of knows what he's doing in that respect but I mean I suppose he's a yeah. well-established international manager uh, I'm not sure how much he, he really imagine he could win with them but I'm not sure anyone could really win much of that talent play right now oh, well getting to the tournament is the, is, is the way is that, winning, yeah. yeah that, that's the big thing I mean Which it's an achievement he might be able to do but um, yeah, yeah. yeah it's uh, okay that's probably about as much we can say about Scotland's misery right now um if we looked at Wales, I guess that, that was probably that's two nations in the Isles playing off against each other was Wales and the Republic of Ireland. Um, I, I had a feeling before, you know, the Republic of Ireland can be a bit jammy for one of maybe more uh, eloquent. Well, they word. often get the result when they need it. Yeah, I mean, they often have you know just that bit of luck or that quick breakaway, and it came up again. I mean, they they, they got that goal. Uh, well, got them the playoff place and not Wales. 
Yeah, they did. Obviously, wheels were missing Bale. Yeah. You can't help but wonder whether the result might have been different if Bale had been on the Bikes pitch. They're most creative player by a long, long way. But I still thought with Wales being at home, mm-hmm. uh, the Republic obviously they got their win against Moldova, but they hadn't been on great form before. And that. the draw would have done for, for Wales. I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, it would have done. And I thought it was a surprise, and I think Wales will be really disappointed that they didn't get that result. Yeah, I think they'll be absolutely gutted, you know, considering... I mean, From an outsider's perspective, it just looks like... They need bail, and they yeah, or they can't win. Well, is, is there one genuinely uh, world, world class, class creator? Yeah. You know, it's true, but the Republic don't have any world class players. No, ah, so but that, that's they have. They've got a they good have a, team. They have a team, don't yeah. they? Yeah, Northern Ireland again, sort of don't have any world class players, but they, again, they're in the same the, sort of. Yeah, there's, the, there's something about that team spirit. It's, yeah, it's what England don't have. They, they have a, a collection of decent players, but they don't have that. You know, they don't seem to want to play together. And when they do have Bale, obviously, they do become reliant on him and it's hard yeah, to yeah. break our lines. It does look like uh, Chris Coleman sticking around. Like he's uh, not. Well, they've all pra- practically begged him to, haven't mm-hmm. they? Well, he took them to their first tournament in, what, 40 years was it when he took them Something to like that, the yeah. Euros? So he's not being um, disheartened by this. He's uh, he's looking up for what it is and saying, you know, it wasn't the easiest group to get out of. No, it wasn't. I mean, uh, obviously, Austria had a very poor campaign, but they had, had a good, very good Euro qualifying campaign, some good players there, so that wasn't an easy one. So, no, it wasn't an easy group to get out of at all. But Serbia in that group? Serbia topped yeah. the group, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't an easy one to get out of. And I suppose you'd say fair play to the Republic for getting yeah, out of it yeah. now that they'd hope that they get a mm-hmm. kindest draw. Of course, they don't tend to get the... Kind of draws it because, it, but this will be their first World Cup since two thousand and two. If they get there, so because uh, they what, are, what are the options? I think it's uh, Denmark, Croatia, Switzerland, Switzerland, and Italy. Italy. Yeah, no, they they uh, well, we don't know for sure yet, but it looks like those are going to be the seeds. Okay. Yeah, so. yeah, those are the the likely seeds, aren't? They? And then the non-seeded is Northern Republic Ireland. of Ireland, Northern Ireland, Den- um, Sweden, and. I forget the other one. The Republic are the kind of side that you'd maybe want to avoid because like over two legs, especially if you're gonna to have to go and play there, they do have that you know, capacity to just go and get that wee breakaway and that um that bit of luck, you know. And I mean that's the difference sometimes. I think again it'll depend on who they get. I mean I can't see any of the unseated teams getting past deadly. I uh, think no, Croatia are obviously not. a very good side as well. It'd be difficult, albeit some of their players are aging a bit now. But I would expect Italy and Croatia both to get through. Switzerland and Denmark, they think they probably would fancy their chances at maybe I think over two legs. Denmark would be maybe the one to you yeah. think you could probably get past. Um, and Northern Ireland would be looking at the same way, I'd imagine. Yeah, so. yeah I think so. Uh, if we look at Northern Ireland, then I mean, uh, was a very good qualifying campaign. It was but not they, the end to it. They wanted no. I think the, the Germany game, game. I mean, the foot you, might have come off the gas. You can forgive them game. because Germany, obviously, world champions. And up, world, up until that last game, uh, Germany the only side across the whole campaign to score against. Yeah, uh, uh, Germany world champions. World champions. First goal, especially, was just unstoppable. Yeah, no yeah. team was going to stop that. Mm-hmm. Second goal, maybe the defender could have got a bit closer to uh, uh, Wagner, but it was a great finish. Third goal. They, they'll, I think they'll be a bit disappointed yeah. to be beaten at the near post with three men there. But but uh, Connor Washington had a very good chance one on one. Yeah, he to, did to get get a goal back. Two one. one yeah. but, um not to be. It was. It wasn't a brilliant game. I thought the Norway game was always going to be a bit of an anti-climax because mm. by the time you it just kicked, played the world champions. Well, not even that. By the time it kicked off, they knew they were already guaranteed the playoff yeah. spot. And Norway knew they were already outfit. You know. Yeah, 
And when Michael O'Neill picked the team at that stage, he didn't know they were guaranteed the playoff spot, so he picked six players in yellow cards. I thought it was noticeable that the intensity wasn't in yeah. Northern Ireland's play the way it usually was. It was a very, very poor game. Their, their attacking play was poor as well. In all honesty, they were giving the ball away a lot. Norway weren't great either. They obviously they got the win, but it wasn't a great performance from them either. It was it was a very poor, disappointing game. It wasn't much know. of a game at the end of the day. But um, I mean, I think from that whole campaign, you can take a lot of heart because I wasn't the easiest group either. I mean, the Czech Republic are aren't what they were, but they still aren't a menu. They're a decent enough side. Uh, yeah, I think to get into the playoffs has to be mm-hmm. regarded as a success for Northern Ireland. So. Like a, a few years ago, you, that's one of those sides you just couldn't see Northern Ireland ever beaten, like uh, the Czech Republic. But I mean, that's the sort of side that Northern Ireland can now give a good game and sometimes even beat. Yeah, it's, and it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing as well for for Northern Irish football. Um, long may it continue, really. Yeah, it's it's been interesting to see how how quickly it's developed. I mean, it wasn't all that many years ago that you really wouldn't have backed. Uh, against anybody. Anyone, I mean, anyone past the San Marino level, you thought there's always a chance. I mean, it was yeah, even Luxembourg. Like the Faroe Islands to, were able to. Beat Luxembourg or Liechtenstein came to Windsor Park and won. About, uh, Luxembourg about ten years yeah. ago, or maybe a little more. Luxembourg than 10 years ago. and Iceland as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, um, I think give them a real hide and actually, but three 0 against Iceland. Did they not have a a big problem for a long period of time where players would defect? At yeah, a there, there have been a few, like the likes of James McLean, uh, yeah. Darren yeah. Gibson, yeah. both of them. It's because that. You you can start at youth level in one and uh, have a lot more opportunities yeah, as long as you haven't, to get as long as you haven't been capped at senior mm-hmm. level you can yeah. change to the other so because yeah. then you can I think actually maybe even in, in the Northern Ireland situation even they had been capped at senior level I'm not 100% sure but I because for a while um, when, when Northern Ireland weren't doing quite as well as they are now uh, in the level of performances weren't as good and uh, some players coming through uh, at youth level and almost guaranteeing themselves First team football in like the under twenty ones, nearly every time, just because you know, there was very little competition there. And then when they got the opportunity, to then defect the senior team, they would uh, take that since they'd had a lot more experience at youth level, and that was obviously very good for the development. But um, I think maybe now they'd be less interested in doing that because Northern Ireland's are as good if maybe even not want to stir up anything, but a little better aside right now and. Well, they're ranked higher than yeah. the Republic. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how much it was a, a f- these were footballing positions and how much they were out of personal political convictions, basically. But uh, the side they've got now, they all seem to really want to play for the jersey. Yeah. They're a really good, hard-working unit. And they, they know their game plan. Like yeah, they absolutely do. Which I, I have to say, I much prefer when they play the 4-3-3 three, three, yeah. the 3 at the back they I'm just look a lot agree. more cohesive and the players seem to mm. know their jobs it's, I thought when they were playing the 3-5-2 was it 3-5-2 I think it was it gets more predictable uh, well against Germany Chris Brunt just was getting so isolated down that left mm. side uh, Kimmich was finding so much space and time down that right hand side it was well, really the first goal I mean he really got past him very yeah, easily with that one I thought Brunt was getting far too isolated but yeah, I think that like they've got a real way of playing. They've they've to play well beyond the sum of their parts, mm. and I think that no one is going to look forward to going to Windsor Park in the in the playoffs. But I think so. that we've we've talked about Iceland as well doing that, but I mean, that's so much of what international football is about. You know, you've got to come together as a unit. That's not players who get an awful lot of chances to play together an awful lot of the time. So it's got to be except all the West Brom players. Well, <laughs> Northern Ireland is basically <laughs> West Brom these so days. You've but. got to know your plan. You've got to know your best eleven. 
and you've got to go out there and execute the plan. And that's that's what Northern Ireland are doing quite well right now. Yeah, and that's what England you feel you know even with a, a better pool of resources. I mean, there's no two ways about it. You know, they've got better players to choose from, but they aren't gelling. They aren't uh, acting as that unit right now. Yeah, they're, they're, they're playing as individuals. Well, yeah, and I, I think it's, they just they play as a bunch of individuals. Yeah, um, I mean you have a few Tottenham players that are. Mm-hmm. They're in the England side, but and even then they're getting spilled off now. That like Kyle Walker going to Man City, so yeah. But what what I mean is, um, I know Dele Ali. He was suspended for the first game, wasn't he? Um, but not normally. If if him him and Kane are available, you're usually going to play those two, aren't you? One off the other, um, because that's the way they play at Tottenham. So you think, well, that's how they'll play for, play for England. But instead of that, you find like shoehorning Sterling in there, mm-hmm. or. And then, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a nightmare when people like Lalana are fit again because they'll try and shoehorn him in there yeah. and think, well, why? If you they know? were to take a Tottenham type system where Ali often plays with Ericsson as a pairing behind Kane, yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd think Lalana could maybe slot into the Ericsson yeah, role fairly well. It's hard to know how. But then that, where the question is, where do you put the likes of Rashford, Sterling? Like obviously, sometimes you have but to England's, leave good players out in order yeah. to England yeah, get, the best, have, what get the best teams. So. Yeah. England don't have someone like Wanyama though who's gonna. I mean, they've got Eric Dyer, but sort of talk. They don't have a proper destructive midfielder yeah. at the minute. That's true. That's, that's something they're lacking, and it's uh, it's something that's really been very noticeable. And the side's been winning the Premier League lately. They've I mean, uh, like Chelsea had Kante, Leicester had, had Kante. Kante. <laughs> you know, I mean, Roy Keane was at Man United. Uh, Claude Macaulay with Chelsea Art, before. Uh, Patrick Vieira. Patrick Vieira. It's Petit as well. He was, he mm. was part of that Arsenal. Um, if it wasn't Vieira that. Crippled, yeah, it was Petit. And then after Petit, they had Gilberto. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, it's been kind of a this repeated pattern of having someone in there who can win those tackles, really win the midfield battle. Just be such a physical presence. Every second ball, they're, they're there first, you know. Um, I, I'm not really sure who could do that role right now for England. No, I don't think it's going to be... Uh, Dyer is, I think, a good holding midfielder, but he's more sort of the drink water type mould. Yeah. He's not a properly destructive player. Mm-hmm. He's not sort of in that Mascherano type, or no. Mascherano more centre half these days, but the way that he used to play, and to talk about Wanyama and Kante, it, it is a, a gap that needs filling for England, mm-hmm. and it's hard to see how they'll do it. But no, I think I think in the modern game, it's a, it's a really important position to have if you want to win those midfield battles, which you know really dictate the game. Well, the, we, we mentioned before we start recording about uh, the Netherlands. I mean, yeah, second tournament in a row they haven't made. It's it's a new low really for the Netherlands. Yeah, I mean. so the only consolation they have is the last time they missed out two tournaments in a row was 1984, 1986, and then they ended up winning the tournament after that. But uh, there's nothing when you look at that current squad. And no, the fact that Robin at 33 is still their best player, and he's and now announced he's his retired, retirement. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really to give. Dutch fans much hope I'm sure they'll come again because they've been a great football in the yeah, for such a long time there's a big culture of football there they're still going to produce players but but it's not looking good for the immediate future at the minute I, I think every nation will go through that at some point oh yeah to be perfect honest, it's probably about time that it happened to England and then maybe their players would get better mm-hmm. maybe they'd care a bit more oh, that's, that's probably me the uh, I suppose well, there's the USA have got to look at it yep the USA have yeah. missed the World Cup so it had been quite consistent qualifiers for quite as a while as I can remember yeah mm-hmm. and, and looked to be a nation on the way up in terms of their football but but they have missed out this time Chile they've missed out Chile well, yeah, yeah. And Chile obviously well qualified for the last two World Cups and won the last two Copa Americas 
they're a side that I always enjoyed watching at World Cups. I thought, uh, well, Alexis Sanchez is one of my favourite players to watch. And and the USC will feel hard done by on the fact that um, Panama got through the expense and their winning goal against Costa Rica wasn't a goal. I mean, yeah, so you said I didn't see the goal. Uh, but, uh, the ball, it wasn't like Siva did, did it cross the line, did it not? I mean, I don't think any of it crossed the line. I mean, it was put wide. But the goal still awarded them, I and mean, I think they'll be very disappointed about that. But there's not. How do. does that even happen? I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine that in my mm. head. I, I haven't seen it. Um, it was a bit of like a scrappy one, kind of near the post, and it was kind of diverted wide. But right. the goal was just given anyway. I mean, uh, it, it seemed really bizarre. But then uh, Argentina, of course, did qualify. Yeah. It was looking that they might not, and they conceded early on mm. against uh, Ecuador. That's a tricky one. They go and chase the game at uh, Ecuador at that, at that altitude. altitude you know. but it didn't seem to bother Messi, then, no, did it? No, no. Well, I suppose uh, he's quite small, as a slightly lower altitude than most of the other players. <laughs> but uh, Scotland would have been all right there. Yeah. Then, <laughs> but, yeah, they sort of messy to the rescue again for Argentina. Mm. Well, he, he, he did announce his retirement uh, mm. before this and campaign, very, didn't he? And very quickly revoked it. Yeah. If there is... Aside that, I mean, it's not matching some of its parts. I mean, there are plenty of very good players for Argentina, but so often is Messi having to bail them out on his own. But they're all attacking players, mm-hmm. is the thing. Like, how many <laughs> yeah. great yeah. Argentinian, no, other it, than Mascarano, how many great Argentinian defensive players can you think of? Not many right now. Like, but they've I mean, got, you've got obviously Messi, Aguero, Higuain, Di Maria, Dybala, Cardi. Like, but but they're, they're shoehorning there again. Exactly. It was like a Higuain on, on, on the wing, you know, for whatever reason, just, uh, just trying to cram more of these, you know, very good players, of course, but just to get as many of them into the team, you, you can't pick just purely on raw quality. You've obviously got to have a system. I think that, again, there, there's a lack of team unity and uh, lack of a plan there with Argentina as well. Yeah, there I, is. It can't always be messy to the rest I of I think they're a very top-heavy team mm-hmm. and they'll probably get out of their group. They'll probably get maybe the quarterfinals or so, but I just think they are too one-dimensional. They are too reliant on Messi and... I can't see. You know, they did make it to the final of the last World Cup, but they weren't particularly good, to be honest. And that was obviously in South America. This one in Russia. I'd be surprised if they were really still featuring at the sharp end of the competition. Uh, Egypt. We're going to talk about because uh, their their uh, goalkeeper will be the oldest player. I'm assuming he doesn't have an injury, I think, but he he'll be forty five. <laughs> really? When, when the World Cup comes around, he'll be the oldest player to ever play. Is he the first World choice? Cup. He is. He's first choice. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the oldest was Mondragon, Mondragon the yeah. Colombian keeper who came off the bench so he could break the record. I think he he played in two World Cups twenty years apart. Yeah, ninety four. Or at least he was definitely in the squad in ninety four <laughs> World Cup. Yeah. Was he forty four at that? I'm not sure. I think he was 44, maybe, at the 2014 World Cup. Mm-hmm. But something like that, yeah. But uh, Colombia, of course, had Mario Yepes, was their captain of 38 as well. 30 or 39, yeah. But, uh, um, I mean, if if you're still the best, the best of the job, you know. Saying is, sort of, if you're good enough, you're old enough, as well as if you're good enough, you're also young yeah. enough. So. Yeah. Or as a goalkeeper as well. I mean, they, they, not as they, would, involved, they would tend to play a bit longer, wouldn't they? But, uh, yeah, that's a good story, that's, yeah. Probably um, the Syrian dream is yeah over. that's yeah. true Syria gave it a real good goal <laughs> they gave it a good goal with no it? home matches given they had to play in Malaysia <laughs> but I mean I think their leagues is better as well because the state of affairs in the country I mean it's uh, yeah it really would have been remarkable and mm-hmm. bizarre and well we were potentially equal measure to see Syria at the World Cup we were for a while looking at the potential of them playing the USA in that intercontinental yeah, playoff which, which wouldn't mean, have happened even Syria had made it now yeah, since the USA are it. out but yeah but um You've got a fear for Australia as well because they had two goals from Tim Cahill who did start yeah, the game at the age of 37 or something. had to play like extra it. time. So, I mean, for them, if he's still their 
real creative force at that age. It doesn't look like there's anyone coming through to take that. Well, actually, he might um, he he might even get suspended for them because he made a he made a gesture after scoring a goal. He oh, made really? a t- he made a T sign, um, which apparently he got paid to do that. But yeah, I think for for Australia, I mean, it's it's not looking very good going forward, at least if they're still having a start, Tim Cahill, and have him still there going what, into... What age is he now? 37, I think. 37, he is, right, okay. So, I mean, he's probably the last that... I mean, Australia had a bit of a golden generation themselves, um, with, I mean, the likes of Cahill, Mark Viduka, Kuehl, Brett Emerton, you know, mm, Mark yeah, Schwarzenegger, some pretty decent players there, and he's the last, maybe, of that crop here, he's still around. Um, it doesn't look like uh, the crop coming through now are in that same league, so it's maybe and not... And they're not there yet. They still have to get... Was it Trinidad and Tobago they have to play in there? Uh, Honduras. 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 Okay, so we looked ahead to the Premier League games coming up after the international break. Um, I mean, first one to kick it off, uh, early game tomorrow, Liverpool, Man United, it's at Anfield. I've got to say, I'm, I, I am worried, uh, even as a Liverpool fan. Like I'm, you know, United have been very good so far this season. Liverpool have been very inconsistent. Uh I think if, if Moreno starts, he could be in for such a roasting down that, that flank. Um, I, I'd i be hard to say I see Liverpool win that one. Like I mean, I, I, I don't see it. I, I, f- I fear it could be a Man United win. Well, this is the first real big test yeah. for this United side. Uh, Liverpool obviously have not been in good form recently. Uh, I suppose the, really the big question is, will Mourinho set up being especially away from home set up for the draw or go at Liverpool last season both the United game United Liverpool matches were very poor and you would fear even with this is certainly I would go I think this is probably the best side that Mourinho was managed in England that I would include is Chelsea teams in that well I mean better than the one that scored over 100 league goals I mean I think potentially, yeah, but like obviously the, the calibre of the competition for them is higher now than there was because there's more teams with money with the ability to challenge. But uh, they spent so much money to have the likes of Lukaku and Pogba. Pogba's injured for this one, though. I mean, yeah, but uh, I think a lot of what the way this match goes will depend on how Mourinho sets up. If it was at Old Trafford, I would definitely strongly favour United. I, I'm going to go for a draw, personally. I'm going to say one all. I think um, had Fellaini been fit, he would have probably... Started with him, but he's he's going to be injured for three or four weeks. I haven't heard um, about that one, but that yeah, makes uh, a difference for the physicality in midfield. Certainly, yeah. yeah um, see, I, last season he set up in such a way that it was a case of it, well, it was just bore the life out of Liverpool, wasn't it? Until they get yeah. tired, kind of thing. I mean, those those two games, uh, both home and away, were pretty awful games. Yeah, um, and do you think with with the side that he has now, which is a bit more of a Mourinho side? Do you think he might be a bit more adventurous because he's last season he you know maybe mm-hmm. didn't have the squad that he wanted? Um, from a Liverpool point of view, I hope so because I mean if he puts up the wall like he did last time, I mean Liverpool couldn't get through that. So I mean I think Liverpool actually have a better chance if he does come out and attack. Yeah. If he yeah. plays a very defensive game, I think Liverpool could really struggle to break that down, and then all it would take would be one mistake, which of course Liverpool. A pretty easily have in them, yeah. you know. I mean, one break down Moreno's flank, or you know, one set piece, which I mean, they've been so bad defending, and they could easily take that game. So, if he comes out and plays a bit more, you know, attacking creatively, there might be a chance of getting you know behind with those wingers. But 
I mean, there's going to be no Mane, sadly. It shouldn't be as big a problem as last season without Mane because Salah's there. Now there is some more pace other than just mm. Mane. But it's uh, not an ideal time to lose uh, one of Liverpool's best attacking players at all, no. Uh, if I had to put a score on it, I, I think Liverpool might be beaten 2-1. Uh, it's hard to see Liverpool winning that one. I mean, the one bit of comfort I do take is there have been games under Klopp where certainly they've gone up to the occasion. You know, uh, It's often been the smaller ones that the players haven't been put in the same level of effort. It looks like they've been galvanised a bit by the occasion. Yeah, and this is about as big a game as, mm-hmm. aside from you know, the Merseyside derby. There needs to be some sort of a response. Um, I still fear it could be a loss 2-1, though. I think uh, United might take that one. Yeah, I think that, that sounds about about fair there because you know if, if Liverpool Liverpool come out really aggressive which is their nature mm-hmm. and United soak all that up for X amount of time that Liverpool can get frustrated then which you know, often they so often do I mean, yeah. get really desperate trying shots from 30 yards and, yeah, and then mistakes will come and yeah. you know if if it's belting down with uh, rain tomorrow as well that's usually gonna uh create mistakes as well you know mm-hmm. when the pitch is soaking wet and and there's, and there's always a red rains. card or two in that game as well I mean it, it, it could happen yeah. it, uh, yeah. if, if there's an early sending off on either side it could completely change the game yeah so. yeah, yeah. So but you'd hope there isn't an early sending off no well, early sending off rarely changed the game, changed the game for oh, well yeah look at mm-hmm. Liverpool and Man City of course and it wasn't the same game after that but uh, yeah. um, I, no I, I think 2-1 would, would be about fair I, th- I think that speaking of which I think this will be the game the first game uh, of Klopp said well, he'd been there two years um, and, it's, and it's been the question for have things improved two years I mean, a lot of the problems that were there on the field before are still around you know there's, there's a problem defensively I think they are a better side than they were under Rodgers I know the statistics oh so Rodgers had better one. but Rodgers had that one season out yeah. of Suarez where just like of course like if I mean, the benefit of having Luis Suarez at all which I mean, yeah. I mean if Klopp had Luis Suarez I think you know it could be a much better side but um, the way I look at him I mean, he inherited quite a mess he wasn't in the Champions League. Liverpool are now in the Champions League. That alone, I think, has to be looked at as some degree of progress, if if not maybe as much as it could have been hoped for. I think he still needs to sort the defence. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of on-field problems. But in terms of... so good you can be mm-hmm. with no defence. And I think Liverpool are not too far off that point, but really mm-hmm. they're... In, in terms of what's been achieved, though, I think, I mean, he's come in with no Champions League football and gotten Champions League football. So I think that alone shows some degree of progress, in my opinion. Okay, uh, look at the three o'clock kickoffs then. Um, Burnley at home to West Ham. I mean, that's that's a hard one to call because it's a very hard one yeah, to call. Burnley's home form has oddly been a little bit more fragile than their away form this year, uh, which is such a reverse yeah, of what we saw. I mean, West Ham were able to get a win, mm-hmm. but it's been it's been really up and down for them. It's been yeah, it hasn't been a great season no. so far for them. And you do feel that Pilic um, knows the pressures on them. He he does need to. Do something. Might he be content with an away point? I mean, um, well, I sort of. I think this could well be a draw. I think one-one again. To be honest, I don't think Billich likes. To, I don't think he in his nature to set up for a draw. But I think that uh, I, he has to be realistic. though and think you know it's both um, sides are definitely capable of conceding, mm-hmm. and probably both of them are probably capable of scoring as well. I suppose so. I think one all seems. Like. I, I think I, I went one-nil Burnley for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, you know, West Ham took a long time to break Swansea down in their last yeah. game. It was injury time, I think, when they scored. Um, no, I, I think, you know, that they just got a win there and then the international break comes on and then they're, they're going to have to feel like they're going to start again. I, th- I think 
I think Burnley might might snake it one nil. Uh, I'm inclined to side with Kieran on that one. Say so I think it could be a draw. I think maybe for a little bit different reasons. I mean, Bilic is a man under pressure. He, he knows he has to, you know, make it very clear they're not going down. Um, they are currently out of the relegation zone, uh, clear by two points. So it, at this stage, every point counts. So that mean, I think if if they took a, an away point here, it is away from home. It's not really the end of the world. I think, but I think he couldn't really face another loss right now. I mean, I think if he if he were to go and lose to Burnley, his job would be really hanging by a thread if he if he even made it through that weekend. So I think he might. You really think he's that close to? If he if he lost to Burnley, you, I think he won we, last time. I yeah, I think it could be fifty fifty whether he he stays um, through the weekend if, if they lose to that one. But uh, I I think he'd be content enough with the point there. Just uh, well, there'll be another international yeah. break coming up in a couple of weeks, won't there, for the playoffs? Mm-hmm. And they, they have bounced back well from that, that last international yeah. break, than the world of goods. I, I just say I, I think I don't know if they'll give him one game after the break. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't think you'll be sacked on it. I don't think it'd be sacked this weekend. No, I, I think if if they've they're still quite poor by the time the playoffs come round, you know the international playoffs, mm-hmm. and then I think maybe maybe they'll they'll, they'll do something. Okay, so uh, I'm I'm calling it a draw as well. I think probably one one. Uh, if we look at Man City and Stoke, um, well, I mean Man City are on really red hot form right now. Stoke, it's been a mixed bag so far. I mean, there's been a bit of everything. They've had some good performances, some pretty poor performances. And everything in between. It's hard to see it not being a Man City win again with them being at home and the, the level of potency they're showing. I mean, even without Aguero they saw against Chelsea, they were still good enough. Yeah, it's always hard to see City not winning at the minute. Yeah, I, I do think they'll win this weekend. I've actually gone for 4-0. They just seem so free scoring at the minute. And actually, I know defensively I do still think they're fragile. They just haven't mm-hmm. been put under enough pressure to show it yet. But they only conceded one goal in the whole of September and I, I don't think they're going to be put under too much mm-hmm. pressure. I think they're going to have so much to the play. So I've gone for 4-0 to City. I think I went 3-1 for that. Um, I, I just thought... I don't I don't like saying that teams aren't going to score. You know, because you mm-hmm. just... There's always that chance. But you hope it's not going to be too one-sided and fair. Like, you know, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, Although sometimes, you know, they, they can be great to watch when they're just steamrolling teams mm, like that. Teams yeah. on fire, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm inclined to say 3 0. I think uh, I think Stoker is going to be outclassed. I mean, if, if City get an early one, it could be easy to see maybe Stoke heads just dropping a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think it should be quite comfortable for City. I mean, maybe not quite as much of a, an absolute battering as four or five, but I think they, they should get three. I wonder will Peter Crouch start maybe this weekend to maybe football and City's defence, as we just mm-hmm. know. Isn't the most reliable. I mean, he's been back on the goals lately. I mean, he's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that. I mean, the, ball if, the, if they're losing three nil, if they're losing three nil, they're hardly going to bring him on. No, There's no, no point, is there? Point. Yeah, but yeah, I think he's already got a couple this season, so yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe starting. Start he's always that you know weapon. He's just so hard to mark in the air because he's such a big guy and he's not a bad head of the ball either. I mean, he's I think he's got the most Premier League headers ever a record. So I mean, he must have some technique in there as well. It's just his height. Um, okay, if we look at Crystal Palace and Chelsea. Um, Do you think they'll score this weekend? <laughs> I think I, they will. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I've, I've just got a feeling. I've it has to come at some point, has, doesn't yeah. it? I, I've. It's another but draw. I've put this down for another draw. And really, there's really? there's no real logic to it. I mean, the other week we were just sitting about uh, how ruthless Chelsea were, but I just think there's no Morata, no Kante. You feel I, even even a Morataless uh, Chelsea. They're at home, Palace. Like they haven't really shown us anything to show that. They can turn this round so far, but I just have 
It's nothing. It's going to be one of them freak weekends. Got nothing yeah. more than gut instinct. Well, I mean, last year when Chelsea were going really well, like unstoppable, Palace actually ended up beating them. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but, yeah, I remember uh, that, yeah. Not a Hodgson Palace, not and, a Hodgson and not this Palace I hate. No, yeah. but it's mostly the same side. I've just got nothing more than gut feeling. I think mm. Palace will get something. I'm going one one all. Okay. Well, I, I went two 0 Chelsea. I, I think. As you say, even without Morata, mm-hmm. they, they should have enough. I mean, they've got Batchway, don't they? So, I mean, he's still. Yeah. Will he trust Batchway, yeah. though, or will he play Hazard? Well, he'll have to. Plus nine, <laughs> well, reckon, so. well, yeah, he'd probably do that, actually. Um, like, if anyone's due, if it's possible to be due, Palace yeah. have got to be due. But then, I mean, is there really such a thing? Um, <laughs> it, it has to happen at some yeah. point. I think do you know what, they the, can't just lose forever. Well, yeah, I mean, we hope. And obviously, the pressure is on Chelsea, isn't it? Because everyone expects mm-hmm. Chelsea to go and win. So yeah. to bounce in, back from that Man City result. Yeah, in a way, you'd think that aids Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. You know, to, we talked about Bilic being possibly content to settle for an away point. Is Roy going to settle for a home point this one? I mean, probably when it's Chelsea, yeah, I imagine he'd be yeah. very happy with the point. But, but. Just, just to get something on the board. This yeah, stage, but, yeah. you know, he's he's set up the last two games to try and not concede, mm-hmm. and they've been steamrolled. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of the things, I mean, if you set up to not concede, if you concede an early one, well, your whole plan's out the window, and, yeah. you, and you've really got the reshuffle, because, I mean, that's the completely opposite of what you need. Now, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to say, even though it, it can't continue forever for Crystal Palace... I don't see Chelsea being their starting point, you know, for rebuilding this season. Who's, I mean, Crystal Palace don't even have any recognised centre forwards at the minute, do they? Oh, Tech is, is injured, so. Yeah, I think injured. they played Bakri Sacco at centre mm. forward in there. Right. Uh, at United, they did, yeah, and he's a winger, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I'm, I'm inclined to say again, I think. And, and, maybe um, not. Again. Sorry, Loftus Cheek wouldn't be able to play because it's against his parent club. Oh, oh, yeah, so, yeah, so, so which he, is a big blow for I mean, he's yeah, probably he, their, he was, he's been their yeah. best performer this yeah, season so yeah. far. The one player actually been quite decent so far. Um, yeah, so that that's another kind of yeah reason why they're another setback, you know. Yeah, um, I'm I'm kind of say it it won't probably be like a real thrashing like some of them have been. Like, it's not going to be a four or five. I think a two. I, I'd say a two is probably. Yeah, fair, I, I, I think, think I went two. Now. I mean, it it is no Morata, so it's not quite as potent. Attacks would usually be, but you know it's still a pretty good squad. They've got to cope with that. I mean, they do have Hazard who can play there. I've got Batshuayi as well. He's a perfectly capable forward, although they don't use him very often. So no, I think it'll probably be two 0 Chelsea, and the the losing ways will continue for Crystal Palace. And still no goals. Okay, uh, Tottenham at home, three o'clock to Bournemouth. Um, Tricky. Yeah, I mean it's the the Wembley curse we've talked about. Um, Bournemouth haven't they're not been no, on the best they haven't really well. been firing on all cylinders I mean they've had a little bit more success when they had that results they against uh, the result, yeah. yeah. so they've got themselves up and running a little bit now it's not been the start they've been hoping for after last season uh, four points from seven games second from bottom only with uh, Crystal Palace behind them um, if, if there's going to be a time for Tottenham to go and turn this home form around this would be a really good opportunity yeah I it. think they'll do it this weekend mm-hmm. Uh, I've said before a couple of times actually this season, but I think this time it'll be. <laughs> I think it will be this time. So uh, I've gone three 0 to Tottenham. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm inclined to say Tottenham should win this one. Maybe not by as much. I think maybe could be a bit closer. Yeah, two one. Yeah, I think I put two one for this because it was you know Wembley, mm-hmm. um, White Hart Lane. You're thinking yeah, Tottenham will probably three 0 Kane's on fire at the minute. Um, 
but with it being Wembley, it's been tricky for them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, I you mean, feel I for mean, Eddie Howe. It, took, it, took, it him, took him ninety-four minutes to score mm-hmm. against Slovenia, so mm-hmm. you know, and that was on the same pitch. But I mean, you feel for Eddie Howe because like it's it's hard to really pinpoint what's what's going wrong for him. You know, he's making decisions that look like they make sense. Well, they've had good games and bad games, yeah. even though the results have been generally bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's been times they've been quite unlucky so far this season. Yeah, and they have had a few difficult games mm-hmm. as well. But I think it, it'll click at some point. Yeah, yeah, um, I think it's bound. And I hope mm-hmm. it does, because, you know, in, in the Premier League, you don't see young English managers get a lot of chance. Yeah. Um, they, a lot of the time, end up taking over, you know, halfway through a season, Um and it doesn't go well, mm-hmm. and then you never really hear much of them. Or they bring a team up, and they either get sacked halfway through the season because they're not doing well, or they get relegated. I mean, you look at Sean Dyche; he's come back up. Yeah. Um, obviously, Eddie Howe would be a good bit younger than him, but uh, or he certainly looks it anyway. Well, I, th- I think that's um, it's a manager who also quite taken. I mean, he's uh, for what he's got to work with. He hasn't been really negative. You know, he, he's yeah, not he tries to play the right mm-hmm. way. He, he's not playing sort of back of the wall football. He's he's playing, you know, quite decent to watch kind of football I mean he hasn't really been getting the results lately and you wonder if uh, maybe he might have to go and revert to me something a bit more primitive and a bit more gritty but uh, I think most most people who've watched the Premier League quite like Eddie Howe I think that the fans haven't really gotten his back and probably rightly so because well I don't think they yeah. have any right to considering yeah. what he's done for them mm-hmm. I mean they've been done, done quite well I mean he's the one who brought them there Yeah, uh, hasn't had a lot of money to spend at all so we'll, we'll see where it goes but yeah I think uh Bournemouth should click into gear, but I don't see it being this week. I think probably Tottenham will edge that one two one. See, the thing is for Bournemouth, they'll, they'll probably play really, really well, but lose. It could happen. It's happened um, before this season. Yeah, yeah. there's been games that haven't played well, and it's not happened. But... Like against Man City, they were pretty good, um, and then they got beaten what the injury time or mm-hmm. the ninetieth minute or whatever. So, um, hope, hopefully, it will not be as deflating as that for them. Okay, so. Uh, Swansea and Huddersfield, Swansea at home. I mean, Swansea, not a good start from them. Creatively, really looking to be absent. I mean, where are the goals coming from at the moment? It's really hard to to really see where they're going to be scoring many from. Huddersfields have been pretty good. I mean, there's been a, a few more rocky performances in there as well. But Yeah, the form has dipped mm-hmm. off from their great start. But, I mean, overall... Nine points from seven games, eleven. Yeah, they're still mid table. Uh, I can see this being another. I can see this being nil nil very easily. It's Swansea. We Um, know they just don't score. I I thought that, but I actually went one nil to Swansea. Um, I have no idea why. I just couldn't see Huddersfield beating them. Um, I just felt Swansea were going to get something out of this because since the first international break up until the second, Huddersfield have probably bought. Did they, did they even win a game? Uh, I, I think Swansea actually might edge it as well because I mean, they are defensively uh, solid enough. I mean, it hasn't always showed. I think it's been quite unflattering, some of the some of the scorelines. But for quite a lot of the game, in the games, I mean, they have been, uh, I mean, against Man United, for quite a lot of the game, they weren't even defensively that bad. It was just a, a collapse near the end. Uh, it's not going to be that same level of intensity you imagine at a Huddersfield and not a Man United. But, I think they might have enough to hold Huddersfield. And then at the other ends, I mean, Huddersfield might not be just quite as, as wily to the Premier League as a Swansea will be. So they might just be able to undo them just so that a mistake, a routine from a set piece. You know? So I, I think Swansea might just, just nick that 1-1-0. One, one so I think um, Sanchez is out, isn't he? And Bonnie's 50-50. So mm-hmm. 
Well, it's, uh, it's not much to choose from right now creatively. And we're also waiting for Renato Sanchez to do something. I think well, it's he's in. Oh, yeah. uh, okay, so I think that's before waiting on that one. Okay. Um, you go nil nil for that, did you? Yeah. Nil nil. Okay. okay uh, what for an Arsenal then? Um, that's that's a hard one to call as well. It is because yeah. uh, <laughs> Arsenal have been yeah. on good form lately yeah. since their uh, defeat by Liverpool. Watford have bounced back well. Yeah, you could have had Silva. I mean, he's, he's obviously they well. came very close last week to being beaten at West mm-hmm. Brom. Then they really the last throw of the dice for them. But I I think this could be another draw. I I, I think it'd be higher scoring. I think two all. I can see. See, I mean, it it could be part of the the resurgence. Yeah, like um, Arsenal have got very good at beating these lesser mm-hmm. sides. But I mean, we've talked about it before. We see it so often when they take a beating from a bigger side. They're going a good run. They usually yeah, and as they have done so far. And you sort of feel if they could have that level of uh, response without needing to take the beating, they could be quite good. You, you wonder why it has to take um, such, such, something so demotivational as being you know beaten quite badly to get the best out of those players. Yeah, we've talked about it before, know. but uh, like yeah, they, they've bounced back. Mm-hmm. I, I just th- I've got a feeling with Watford, they've, they've done really really well this yeah. season, and I think they they could get something again here. So that's why I've gone to all. Yeah, I mean, I I maybe think it could be like a higher scoring draw like a 2-2 two, 3-3 two, three, three or something like yeah that's know. what I've gone for yeah, yeah. Um, sounds like a good game if it's going to yeah. be too yeah. well doesn't I it I hope it's exactly what we described five so as yeah. well as it'll be on TV um, no I I, th- I think Arsenal might just edge it I, mm-hmm. I think it'll still be quite high score I think maybe a 3-2 um, I'd say Arsenal will probably be a little more affected by the international break I mean they're having to go yeah. there's probably a few Players, uh, I suppose uh, that's a good point, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with um, Sanchez bit. having to go yeah. all the way to Chile and whatnot. Yeah, like uh, Watford don't need that many players who would be international players. They need just yeah. uh, take a couple of weeks just to chill out a bit. Yeah. But um, for Arsenal, it's a bit more. I don't think they've picked up any injuries though. Have no. they? No, but um, it's just a little more. Have you seen that uh, has come out and said that it it might be a possibility that Sanchez and Ozil will mm-hmm. leave in January? What's one of the things they've got to look at and uh, ask themselves: Will they be more content for the second half of the season without them? Or let them go in the summer for nothing. You know, it's a it's a difficult one to call because if well, how how much would they get for them? Maybe you know, twenty million. Yeah, but as well, I mean, if he, if he does sell them and then um, it goes tits up from there, I mean, they're gonna be looking back and say, why? Yeah, you like ultimately, if they, I don't think whatever he does is gonna be wrong. If they were the difference between Champions League qualification, that's gonna be worth more than twenty million. You yeah, think? Sort absolutely. Of yeah. Well, it'd be twenty million each, wouldn't it? So yeah, forty five. So. I, so we're up 45, the, 50. I would let Ozil go. I would. I wouldn't let Sanchez yeah. go. Yeah. Mm. I mean, it's something that's kind of gone out of the game. I'd let Ozil go in the summer, actually. Does it want to let him go for free? Not for no. I would have let him go. Oh, you would have let yeah, him go. Right, right. When sorry. they've probably got maybe 35, 40 million yeah. for him. Yeah. I mean, it's something that's kind of gone out of the game. Letting players see out their contracts. You know, players either sold or they get a new contracts. Such valuable commodities. Yeah. Players well, that, that's it. It's it's the financial side of it, isn't mm-hmm. it? I mean, you. you you just never let someone go for free anymore. Uh, well, un- unless and they're released if, from their contract. You know, yeah. if, if anyone wants to keep them, you know, there's yeah. never like a mutual parting. It's always just so. If essentially, what it means is the contract is worth all. All the contract is is a price you, tag. Your price tag. Yeah, you're buying that. You're buying mm-hmm. the contract. As a, you know, rather. I mean, there has That's been it. cases where the player's bought himself out of his mm-hmm. contract, hasn't there? It has happened. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, uh, when a player signs a contract now, it's it's more just put their own value up. You know, which yeah. is important, of course, as well. Because I mean, if you're going to lose your best player, you might as well get a good price for him. But I, I did actually read. Um, I think it was just a story from a newspaper or whatever that um, there's been no real interest in Mesut Özil because of how much he, he wants a week, 
and people are turned off by that, basically. Yeah, that mm-hmm. wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Okay, if we look at Sunday's games, then um, starting with half one, Brighton at home to Everton. Oof, yeah, I mean, you feel Everton could have done with a home game this week rather than the away game. That's yeah, it's a long enough trip yeah, for them as it's, well. It's, it's a long trip for the, for the fans to have to make, and if it's if it's not a good performance again, you know. Uh, Do you think they'd be happy with scraping a one 0 win, even though they play badly? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think at this, at this, at this stage, stage it's, it's something, isn't it? I mean, they're they're on seven points from seven. That's not really so, good enough. So poor at the minute. Sixteenth uh, in the table. It's really not with the start. That I think Evan was even expecting, hoping for remotely. Um, it, it's hard to say it. Um, could could easily be a draw, yeah. couldn't it? I mean, there there has been pressure mounting on on Ronald Koeman now. I mean, I, I'd like to see him given time because I, I think it's just, it's a good thing to do to give managers time. I don't think you get anywhere by just a revolving door of managers, but it's uh, it's got to be worrying right now that they've spent this money, and it it may click. It, it may come a time when the, the players they, they do find their best eleven, the best system, and it all starts to work. But uh, individually, they look like good transfers largely. But the problem is they. They haven't brought in a striker to replace Lukaku, and they haven't brought in any real pace into the side. So, as a whole, mm-hmm. they really haven't addressed their issues. I- I've gone for a nil-nil in this. Well, it's because I joked about the fans saying uh, it come and start a-, a team of number tens, you know, <laughs> which I mean, it's not quite true. But he he does start a lot of this kind of, you know, uh, players who are quite technically gifted. I mean, the, the Rogers technicians of me mentioned Rogers before. technicians, yeah, yeah. but then me athletically aren't really. There's not enough pace and power there to really, you know, take it, you know, go and uh, take the game to sides, you know, getting behind. Uh, yeah, I think it just comes down to the old phrase of style over substance, that they've got a lot yeah. of stylish players, mm-hmm. but they don't have those really good substance players that mm-hmm. will, you know. I mean, there's a lot of players, quite a lot of flair, I mean, good passers, uh, players with good ball control, but it's not enough you're really going to go and take the game with the scruff of the neck. It's, uh, uh, yeah, and we, we've spoke before, but it doesn't help that, you know, Ashley Williams looks like he's absolutely forgotten how to defend. It's been a strange one because, yeah. I mean... But we've been over yeah. that a couple of times, so we'll not need to revisit yeah. that. On paper, so good at looking defence, but then in practice, not so. Mm. Um, it's it's hard to call. I think I think Everton will probably beat them. I think, even though it's away from home, it's a long track and all that, but I think they're just going to have to be a bit too much quality for Brighton. Um. Again, though, Brighton would, wouldn't be a side of all that many players, you know, busy on international duty, Everton a little more so. Um, but I still fancy Everton to maybe take a 2-1. That's a lot more goals than I would have thought. I, yeah, I, I would think go, so. You go a 0-0. 0-0. I, I think I'm going to go Everton 1-0. I know they've been terrible recently, but, you know, I think one of them number 10s is bound to come up with something, aren't yeah. they? They've got to. Okay, and then uh, Southampton, uh, home to Newcastle. Um, tricky maybe enough to call again. Uh, it's been mixed fortunes for both sides so far. Uh, Newcastle sitting in ninth on 10 points and Southampton in 12th on 8. I mean, there's, there's nothing really to call on how much. Uh, but, I mean, you sort of fear Southampton at home. They haven't got a lot of goals in them. Could it be a pretty... Rubbish game, you know? again. yeah. It could be a rubbish game to be honest. I'm gonna go one nil Southampton. I think it'll be. I think 
it's hard to know. Newcastle have been, they've had some really good performances this season. They've had some poor ones against Brighton. They were really poor. Obviously, they had that great three-game winning run before that. So, it's hard to know because Southampton are just, they score so few goals at the minute. But I just think with home advantage, I'm going to say 1-0 Southampton. I'm going to go one nil either way. I, I think Newcastle might uh, might pull yeah, something off. I think Newcastle might have something as well. I think. Yeah, um, yeah I, th- I think one nil in Newcastle sounds maybe what I'd go for. I mean, it, I'm worried it could be another really bleak game with very little happening. It's uh, yeah. a lot of yellow cards potentially. <laughs> maybe a red card if Shelby or Mitrovic is playing. Well, Shelby would behaved himself against Liverpool. He did. Yeah. Shelby did. Yeah, well, uh, Mitrovic was. He didn't play, did he? No, I don't think he did. Um, is he probably he suspended? Yeah, he might be suspended. Um, I mean, he's he's almost guaranteed to do something uh, ridiculous, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, the last game of the the lot will be on the Monday, eight o'clock kickoff. Leicester at home to West Brom. Um, I mean, Leicester's form hasn't really been so good. Uh, they are. They, they were playing just well the and not getting anything a yeah. lot of the time, weren't they? I mean, they have been quite unlucky at times. I mean, even that Liverpool game, uh, how, how close to Liverpool have thrown that away. Yeah, although actually Leicester didn't play all that well, no. to be honest. But I mean, they they could have had uh, another, another penalty. penalty the, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and even, they, they even they scored yeah. the one they did have. That's, yeah, it's very different. Isn't it? Yeah, um, they only drew last week with Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. And they were lo- to be honest, they were lucky to get yeah. that. Yeah, or not, they, not even last week before the international yeah, break. Yeah, because they weren't very good at all. And yeah. there, there is now some pressure mounting on Craig Shakespeare because uh, you know, he's he's only there temporarily, and then he got got the full contract. Yeah, it doesn't always work out. You saw it with yeah. Mike Feeling at Hull. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, you, you can be the right man to take over at the time, but for the long haul, it can be a difference. Firefighter, yeah. but not as a maybe mm-hmm. a long term manager. Yeah, because well, it's a bit soon to write yeah, off yeah. at this stage. But, um, that that is some of the pressure starting to yeah. mount. I mean, they're only out of the bottom of the on goal difference right now. I think this will be a draw. I think one all. I think Tony mm-hmm. Pulis will be really annoyed how they threw away mm-hmm. that last one against Watford, having been two 0 up yeah. and yeah, from definitely. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. I mean, West Brom have had the better fortune so far. Um, well, West West Brom were really good up until the first international break, mm-hmm. and then they were, they died off a bit. Yeah, didn't they, after they've been a bit hit and miss since then. Yeah, so um, they they might. Have welcomed that break there, mm-hmm. and you know they, they might come back quite strong. Hope it'll happen in reverse this time. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I I think one all sounds about right. Though. Yeah, I think we're all yeah. probably agreed on that one. Yeah, it's hard to see where uh, a lot of goals have come from in that game. I think if uh, West Brom set up quite defensively, they're taking away points. It looks like a weekend where you know there doesn't seem to be like a lot of mm. goals. I know there'll be a couple of games we're expecting. You know, a few in the Watford and Arsenal match, and you know the City game. But other than that, it it looks like a lot of, you know, one goal's going to win it kind yeah, of thing. KG affairs, but yeah, uh, yeah I mean... Yeah, I think I predict seven mm. draws this weekend. Seven draws out of there, ten. There won't be, like, but... <laughs> taking well, one, you don't know, do you? Taking one by one, just there's so many matches, like... Be a draw. Yeah. It's, it's precarious for Leicester because, I mean, Craig Shakespeare, it looks to me like quite an attacking coach. It's a side that's got a lot of firepower and maybe a few defensive frailties. They've kind of got to go for it at home, but... At the same time, if West Brom is set up very well defensively, they've got to be careful that they aren't undone at the other end because we've seen that West Brom actually have managed to take their chances when they've been creating them lately. Okay, that's it for another episode of A Kick in the Balls. We'll be with you next week. Until then, goodbye.